Marcus Haggins was a great hire by Penn State, but he's got to be able to do more than just recruit really well. He's got to do all the things that Taylor Stubblefield didn't do right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. That is FanDuel.com slash Locked On. My name is Zach Seiko and joining me once again, and, and how can we not with one of the biggest dual meets of the year on the slate, number one versus number two. Penn State and Iowa in wrestling, and we welcome back the voice of Penn State wrestling, and that is Jeff Ironhead Byers. Jeff, thanks so much for your time again with as busy you as you are since Penn State is now getting ramped up here in the thick of it. Yeah, this is a fun week. Uh, be doing a lot of uh, media hits uh, both here and in Iowa, and, and this is just a, always a fun week of the year for, I think, both of these programs and for college wrestling in general. I, you know, this is kind of the... Uh, you know, Duke, North Carolina of college basketball or Michigan, Ohio State of uh, college football. It's it's that type of a matchup and that type of a rivalry. And I think it gets fans uh, in general and certainly the fans of the two programs uh, very hyped. And, and it'll be an exciting match Friday night, no doubt. Well, I hope all of our returning viewers from the last time we did a preview, which was Penn State and Michigan, and we talked about Sparty a little bit too. We didn't, that wasn't the one in the Bryce Jordan Center, though, but I I hope people are going to appreciate it just as much because we gave quite the insight for Penn State and Michigan, and we're pretty spot on with the way that dual meet was going to go. So I hope that our words will carry over into Penn State and Iowa, and we can kind of give the same accurate assessment when we get into that. So that's going to be our final segment. We're going to save the best for last. We're also going to recap Penn State and Michigan. Penn State, Michigan State when it comes to wrestling. But to open up, we're going to start with Penn State and signing Marcus Haggins. Uh, It is official. Penn State is bringing on the next wide receivers coach. Uh, Jeff, what have you heard? What do you like or what do you know about this hire that this just makes sense for James Franklin and this Penn State football coaching staff? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about him. I I think, uh, you know, the few things I've heard is that that he is – you know, a, uh, an aggressive recruiter has done a nice job uh, doing whatever he's been asked to do. You know, Virginia certainly had some success uh, with its receiving core. And I think, you know, it's one of those things right now where James Franklin has done a, a, a very good job pretty consistently. I mean, there have been some misses in there, but pretty consistently he's bringing in um, coaches and players that fit what he wants to do uh, with this program. And, uh, you know, I, again, I don't know a whole lot about him, but everything I've read, uh, it sounds like this is, you know, it, it's a hire that makes sense. It's somebody that's looking to climb the coaching ladder. Um, and I think, you know, this is obviously a good spot right now to land if, if you're trying to do that. And I think he has a pretty clear understanding of what it is James Franklin uh, is expecting from the position. And obviously that's to, to coach up the receivers for sure. Uh, but I think also to hit the recruiting trail hard and and make sure, uh, you know, Penn State is is keeping up uh, on that front. So um, I, I think it's going to be a good fit. I think that, 
you know, right now, it just feels like everything's kind of in place. I, I think, you know, these next two years are, I, I won't say make or break, but I, I, it, it feels like this is the time where Penn State's got to make that uh, move up, that next step, if you will, into to becoming uh, an elite program, to use James Franklin's terminology. And I think this feels like a, a good hire. Again, I don't know a whole lot, but just reading uh, the brief bio and, you know, knowing what James Franklin is looking for, uh, it it feels like it's a pretty good fit for what Penn State is is hoping to get out of that position right now. Well, and what I really like about Haggins himself is the loyalty. I, I mean, I know he was Virginia born and raised. Like he grew up in Hampton. He went to high school in the area. He, owns, he ends up going and playing for the Cavaliers. And he goes to the NFL. And that was the first time he was actually outside of Virginia. Then he comes back to the stomping grounds becomes a graduate assistant, and then basically is in the same position for the entire time for the, the past decade here. Uh, so now he has a little bit of a change-up. Do you think that's going to hold him back any sort of way since he was so used to a, a way of life and being in Virginia? Do you think there's going to be anything that he's going to have to shake off now that he's in a somewhat of a different environment, if you will? I, I don't. I, th- I think that the, the feel I get is that you know he just kind of – uh, again, to me, it's, it's and you know maybe this is the glass half full <laughs> personality of me, but it feels to me like this is a guy who uh, you know feels like you know what maybe I'm I'm I need that that change of scenery uh, just to try to take that that next step, um, and it also feels like maybe this was a situation where he didn't want to leave unless it was the ideal or you know truly the right fit. Uh, And I think, again, as a Penn State uh, fan, I I think you ought to be excited uh, that that somebody's willing to leave what clearly was a very comfortable spot uh, and where he was having success to to take the opportunity uh, to join your your school, your program. Uh, And, you know, I I look at it more as I think he's going to be able to bring uh, again, maybe just a little different perspective, a little different wrinkle uh, to the Penn State coaching staff. And again, I, I don't think Franklin's bringing in somebody if if he isn't feeling, uh, he, yeah. Franklin, isn't feeling like, yeah, this, this is a guy that's going to fit in with what we're doing and with the approach that we're taking. Um, and so, I, again, I think it's a, a, a good thing that he was there as long as he was. The other thing is, you know, again, I – don't mean to keep going back to the recruiting, but it's a big part of the, the game right now, always has been. And I do think, you know, Penn State is looking at that Maryland, Virginia area as fertile recruiting ground. And I think this is obviously somebody that has established very strong ties uh, throughout that region. And I think, again, I, Penn State knows that that's an area that it has to draw from. And it has, but I, I think this... Uh, I think James Franklin feels like this will help shore that uh, that part of the uh, the program up. And again, to me, it just feels like a, a good fit uh, on on both sides. I think you know he feels like this is a, a good spot uh, for him, and I think Penn State. You know, I I'm guessing Franklin had a, a short list of guys that he was going after, uh, and I don't know obviously with any certainty. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this was the top guy that he was going after, but I, 
I have to believe that he was, again, up there because I just don't think there are many coaches right now, given the circumstance uh, that Penn State's in, that are going to turn down the opportunity to work with a receiving core that's going to be working with Drew Aller. And, and, you know, again, with a program that feels like it's on the cusp of, uh, you know, breaking through and, and being one of the top five programs, four programs in, in the country here over the next couple of seasons. The voice of Penn State Wrestling joining us here on Locked on Nittany Lions, Jeff Ironhead Byers. My name is Zach Seiko. A final thought uh, on the receiving coach change, Jeff. Uh, Taylor Stubblefield, I think, did okay. Like He did some things right, but obviously not enough to keep the job at Penn State. I mean, it felt like it was just a revolving door for a period of time, and then he kind of settled it down for three years. But again, if you want to make that jump, as you said, like quoting James Franklin being great, and then there's elite everybody's got to be on board the train for that. So recruiting is obviously a big deal. And we know that a lot of people from that Virginia area will in time follow Marcus Haggins, but what else would you like to see him do that maybe Taylor Stubblefield came up short with? Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I, I think there's a couple of things in play. And and the more I, I talk to people, uh, it, it sounds like the the Stubblefield decision had as much to do with recruiting. And by the way, it's not just recruiting the high school kids anymore, right? It's the transfer portal. Re-recruiting your own players. Yeah, that you're targeting out of the, the transfer portal, both from other schools and, yeah, your own players and keeping them uh, in place. So I think, you know, being aggressive with the transfer portal and uh, on the uh, recruiting front is a big part of it. I also do still think that that you know they're looking for uh, better production from you know those three through five six guys uh, in your receiving rotation. I, again, I think Penn State over the last couple of years has been uh, very good with its top guy, and arguably you know going too deep uh, with a lot of production. But after that, there's been a pretty substantial drop off. Um, And I think when you look at the names uh, and the reputations, at least, of the kids that they've been bringing in, you're expecting more, uh, I think, from, you know, the the core as a group, the the receiving core as a group uh, than what you were getting. And so, you know, I think uh, and and listen, part of it is uh, Drew Aller, I think, is going to be able to spread the ball uh, around a little more. Uh, as well I mean I think that's that's part of it Uh, and obviously having a couple of stud running backs helps everybody (laughs) involved too because uh, having a a strong running game obviously allows you to open some things up with what you can do with the the passing game so um, again but I I think the two big things that that they're expecting from him is both the recruiting and transfer portal and, you know, getting the kids that they want to stay to stay and consistently bringing in, uh, you know, some big names uh, each year, uh, or at least, you know, if not big names, guys that are going to contribute um, consistently. And then again, I think it's just building uh, the depth and it's not really building the depth. I, I guess, I guess to me, it's more getting production from the depth, uh, you know, on a regular basis. Um, and I think, you know, we'll see what happens next year. But I, again, it feels like 
uh, there's a pretty good chance of, uh, of all of that occurring here over the next couple of years. It is Locked on Nittany Lions with special guest Jeff Ironhead Byers, the voice of Penn State Wrestling. I am Zach Sako, and we're going to do just that. We're going to talk about Penn State Wrestling. We're recapping Michigan and Michigan State before we get into one of the biggest dual meets, if not the biggest across the NCAA for this season. That is coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our brand new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, and that is is FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make sports betting easy and fun. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. So that's all it takes. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads and player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose. At FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen every day. For your second listen, make sure to check out the brand new podcast on Locked on, on the Locked on Podcast Network. That is Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, My name is Zach Seiko. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seiko. And, and Jeff, you don't have uh, Jeff Ironhead Byers on the other side, the voice of Penn State Wrestling. And Jeff, you don't have a personal Twitter, but I feel it's good to shout out the Penn State Wrestling Twitter that's seen underneath you there. Penn State and then W-R-E-S-T for our audio listeners that can't see, of course, the graphic. Yeah, I'm working to get into the modern age. One of these <laughs> days, uh, hopefully fairly soon, I'll, I'll get my own Twitter account. But Pat Dongai does a great job with the, yep. the Penn State Wrestling Twitter. So that's that's a good one to promote. So, and that's what we're doing here by talking about what a just a great finish that Penn State had all the way through. Well, it was it wasn't a great start and a great finish. It was actually everything in between because they won eight consecutive bouts after losing the lightweight and then ultimately losing the heavyweight, which I was a little surprised at, but they were one and two for a reason. And of course, we'll talk about that. We're recapping Michigan and Michigan State, and then we're getting into Iowa, which is going to be a little bit closer than the Spartans and Wolverines were. But the, the big one was number Number one versus number three, Michigan State unranked. They don't have a win in the Big Ten, so not really much to take away except a couple of things there that I thought were interesting. Uh, but for Michigan, uh, I mean, we called it kind of. I mean, we weren't saying, you know, hey, this is set in stone, but uh, folks, you at least had to expect that Penn State was going to take it and run with it, and that's exactly what they did. Jeff, what was your immediate reaction after Penn State clobbered Michigan the way it did? I mean, that was number one versus number three, but it felt like number one versus number 33 the way the score finished up. Yeah, as, as we got closer to the match, I actually uh, told Michael Schroeder, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, was down on the floor uh right before getting the the interview with Cal and just going over the weigh-in sheets and everything and uh I told him I, I said you know I I think Penn State's going to win the final nine uh and darn near <laughs> uh yeah, very had close. That right 
but it was one of those things and you know this is this will happen in, in dual meets i think it kind of happened with iowa and nebraska on friday night uh, as well where iowa won eight of ten as well against the corn huskers and nebraska's got a very good team uh, also but sometimes it's just the, the matchups and listen there were a lot of close bouts right you had two that went into you know extra wrestling obviously if those both go the other way the dual meet score is closer now i don't think penn state you know it was pretty hard uh truthfully to see the scenario where michigan was going to win the dual meet mm-hmm. but you know if michigan wins those two uh overtime bouts again it's a it's a much closer duel uh than, than what you ended up with but I just, I, I just had a good feeling. I, I liked the, the matchups. I liked the way the freshmen were wrestling going into the uh, weekend in, in terms of uh, what they've been doing in, in practice and uh, just kind of the, the feel that they seemed to have going into it. And, yeah, I thought Penn State wrestled um, really well, and I didn't think Michigan wrestled all that poorly. Uh, but mm-hmm. I just I think Penn State just has a really special team this year. Um uh, you know, and Greg Kirkfleet didn't look uh, – he just looked lethargic by his uh, his standards. And I think Mason right. Paris obviously had something to do with that, and you give him credit. But, um, you know, I don't know if Kirkfleet – you know, you never know with these with, – with the kids if, you know, he just didn't get a good night's sleep, just was feeling a little off, uh, yeah. was a little under the weather. I'm not aware of anything, by the way. I'm not looking to make excuses as far as mm-hmm. I know. He was 100% healthy, but he just didn't seem to have the same uh, energy. And the fact that he wasn't able to get out on bottom in that final 25 seconds or so um, was probably, for me, the most surprising thing of the the entire duel meet. And on to Levi Haynes and Alex Facundo. I mean, and, and Shane Van Ness can be even lumped in here as well, but it, it's more that he didn't really face as tough of a matchup this time around. Yeah. Uh, but Levi Haynes to upset, quote unquote, I mean, Will Lewan was ranked higher. Uh, and then you had Cam Amin ranked top five against Facundo. And then he gets the criteria for the riding time, which I thought was I'm watching that in real time. And I'm like, man, that is this what you couldn't have asked for a better match from Facundo. But I, I got to imagine that from your perspective in Penn States that uh, Haynes and Facundo are very underrated with those mid teen rankings at this point in time. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, I mean, I I get it. Until guys prove themselves Mm -hmm. uh, collegiately, you know, you you can't rank them above guys that have already established themselves. So, I mean, I I completely get it, but I don't think there's anybody uh, within the program, and and I don't think there's that many people that follow wrestling closely nationally that thought, you know, Facundo was in the the lower half of the, the top 30 uh, and same thing with Levi Haynes. If he is the starter, right, he's a guy that you know that both those guys are probably top 10 anyway. And I think uh, I, if I saw it right, I think Haynes is up to number nine in the intermat rankings today. And mm-hmm. uh, Facundo shot all the way up to number five. Uh, and I think that's probably a little closer to where they belong. I, I think, you know, personally, I think Facundo is probably a top three or four guy when it's all said and done. Uh, and I think Haynes probably is in that same range uh, at 157. And the thing with both of those guys is, I mean, they're they're really good now, but they're just scratching the surface of yeah. what they're going to be able to do uh, collegiately. And these are really good bouts, again, win or lose, for them to get 
under their belt and to get a feel for and obviously all the better when you win them just because it gives you that added shot of confidence moving forward so you already covered it by uh, bringing up Greg Kirkfleet and Mason Paris that was the last one I really thought was notable I mean the series is now three to two this is probably one of the better rivalries in in all of college wrestling Uh, they're going to face each other in the Big Ten title they could even face each other in the national championship as well and Kirkfleet has a tough test in Iowa but we'll get to that in the final segment so moving over and Penn State again beat Michigan 30 to 8 in this one for the overall dual meet score Uh, let's go to Michigan State now who unranked and Penn State was able to not look ahead too much because I I call these kinds of meets or games sandwiches because you you have a really tough one in number three Michigan then you have the really tough one in number two Iowa and then you got that one where you could overlook and Penn State stayed very disciplined that's a testament to Kale Sanderson and this coaching staff Uh, Gary Steen gets his first Big Ten win against a ranked opponent which was really neat Uh, but I thought it was kind of interesting that Levi Haynes didn't wrestle in this one Uh, Aaron Brooks didn't as well but I'm kind of more interested in what is there some strategy to this? Because I don't understand. Maybe I, I want to get some clarification from not only myself, but uh, any listeners, subscribers, and viewers that are wondering, is Levi Haynes going to stick in the lineup because Terrell Bearclaw went in the lineup and, and didn't do so well. So is it Levi Haynes starting spot until the red shirt gets involved? Are they burning the red shirt, Jeff? What can you tell us about Levi Haynes' situation for the remainder of this season? Yeah, I think there were a couple of things in play. One is, you know, you have Iowa coming up, and why not keep the Hawkeyes guessing as to who it is that you're going to send out okay. there? Uh, obviously, if if Haynes wrestles against Michigan State, then it's definitive he's pulling the red shirt, and you, you know darn well if he's healthy, he's going to get against Iowa. So mm-hmm. I think part of it is, you know, keep Iowa guessing a little bit in terms of uh, of who you're going to send out there. I also think they wanted to see, uh, because they both had, uh, both Michigan and Michigan State had really good uh, 157-pounders. And I think part of it was, hey, let's see how, you know, each of our kids do. And I actually, I thought Barraclaw wrestled a a terrific match. I mean, it came up a a little short. But I, you know, I think they are both right there, uh, Haynes and Barraclaw. That being said... I, I think Haynes showed that he's a little further ahead right now. Um, and again, I, I just think his upside uh, is is kind of through the roof. So I, I also think the coaches are probably wanting to talk to both kids, uh, make sure everybody's uh, on the same page. Not that, you know, if, if they go with Haynes, not the Barraclaw is going to be, uh, you know, gung-ho about the, the decision. But I think talking with them, making sure – you know, if they are pulling Levi's uh, red shirt, that he's okay with it. Uh, and to talk over with the, the coaching staff, because, you know, th- this is a decision that has some uh, lasting uh, effects as well. You know, Levi Haynes with the red shirt is probably a, a strong contender for as a four-time national champion. Yeah, very uh, much so. By the way, maybe a four-time national champion without the red shirt. But I think that's part of the conversation is, hey, you know, are we being fair to the kid, uh, right? And and do we need Levi Haynes in terms of winning the national title this year? How much of a mm. difference do we think there is in terms of points that can be gained at the national tournament? And do we think that difference is worth burning the red shirt? Now, I, 
I think at the end of the day, the answer to all of that is yes, it is worth it because a couple of things. One, you don't know what the future holds, right? Like you might be holding off for Levi Haynes and uh, then, you know, next season there's a, you know, I'm not wishing anything, obviously, but you don't know. I mean, it could be a horrific injury. There could be, you just don't know what the future holds for any of us, right? Tomorrow's never promised. So, you know, I think, you know, sometimes you get a little um, too caught up in, hey, let's let's wait for the future because we think that's going to be really bright. Well, you can see <laughs> the future is kind of now to me when you're watching Levi Haynes. And I just think, again, at the end of the day, uh, there's, I do think there's a substantial uh, potential difference in points there. Uh, and I think it's debatable whether or not Penn State needs those points at this year's national tournament. But again, you just never know with injuries and, and everything else uh, how things are going to play out. And I just think you, you want to get your strongest lineup uh, out there. And to me, uh, you know, Levi Haynes right now is part of putting your strongest lineup out there. Jeff Ironhead Byers joining me, Zach Seiko on another Locked on Nittany Lions, and we're going to preview Penn State and the Iowa Hawkeyes coming up next. Welcome back to Locked on Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Seiko. Joining me, special guest, the voice of Penn State Wrestling, Jeff Ironhead Byers, and we're talking Penn State Wrestling against Iowa coming up this Friday. It's another one back in the Bryce Jordan Center. It was a sellout crowd for the first one against uh, Michigan and the crowd, the atmosphere it was already great in that one. Somehow it's got to find a way to be even better because Iowa is, is a tougher task at hand. When we looked at Michigan, we felt pretty confident that Penn state was going to be able to handle seven, eight, even nine bouts when we were just kind of kicking it around. And then obviously in real time, you said, you know, they could go and, and sweep all the way through. Of course, uh, we saw Mason Paris come up with a victory at the end, but that's fine. Penn state controlled basically from early on to all the way through when it didn't matter anymore. When it came to the team score, everything was just down to individual. That's not necessarily the case with number two, Iowa. And that's why they are number two. But Penn State uh, is a six-point favorite. Uh, Jeff, if you didn't know, uh, now you can bet on uh, wrestling. You can bet on collegiate wrestling. And Penn State is a minus-six favorite against the Hawkeyes, meaning that they would have essentially a two-decision advantage. Uh, that's two, three-point to sit without. You know, They're probably going to get bonus points here and there, but that's why we're breaking it all down. And there's a lot of good matchups in this one. Uh, this is the one that, uh, the internet has taken a hold of, uh, and uh, something I want to start with is Roman Bravo young and Spencer Lee. What would it be like to see them wrestle? This isn't going to happen because part of the wrestling uh, in these dual meets is playing chess. And I can't see Iowa sacrificing six points in what they believe. And it's nothing against Gary Steen, but Spencer Lee is one of the best wrestlers we're going to ever see at 125. I can confidently sit here and say that. Uh, and he's looking for a pin against Gary Steen. And that's six points for the Hawkeyes and very valuable for a team score, especially when you get to 174, 184, 197. And what happens at the heavyweight? Is it going to be close? Is it going to be within range to where Tony Cassiope uh, can flip that? But what are your thoughts on uh, Spencer Lee potentially moving up to 133? And then there's the crazy idea that RBY should move down to 125 and somehow cut eight pounds 
in five days from when they wrestled on Sunday uh, to Friday. So that's obviously uh, unhealthy and, and very impossible. But Spencer Lee moving up to 133. Just what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so th there's a couple of things in play here. And it is fun to, to speculate. And I I mean, it would be a heck of a fun match to, to watch. Yeah. Um, as far as like... Roman uh, can't move down to 125 for a couple of reasons. One is uh, he's not certified at 125. So okay. with college wrestling now uh, to compete at any time during the season, you have to certify before the season at a, the, a given weight class. Okay. And Roman is certified at 33. So it's not, uh, I mean, it, it literally is not possible. Uh, it also, uh, I don't think is possible for Roman to get to 125. Now he's no. <laughs> cutting a good bit to get to, to 133. So uh, on like that is definitively not happening. It, it can't uh, and won't happen. And really Spencer Lee moving up to 133. There, there was a time when that would make a, a lot more sense. And, and I could see Iowa doing it. And it's not that they can't do it, but Spencer has to stay within uh, a certain percentage of 125 to remain eligible there as mm -hmm. well. And so to, to compete at 133, he would still, to retain his 125 eligibility, which is where he's going to wrestle in the postseason. Uh, and I'll have, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it, it would have to be, he wouldn't be allowed to weigh more than about 127, uh, 127 and a half. Well, you're not going to go into a match, uh, <laughs> of that caliber, giving up that type of weight yeah. um, with the potential of possibly gaining three points, right? Like best mm -hmm. case scenario you're thinking going into that if you're Iowa is you still get the six points. And I think that's unlikely as good as Ayala is, and he is good. Yeah. But I don't think he's getting the pin there over Steen. Gary's been pretty good about staying off of his back. Could still get four or five points. Okay. Um but even if, if Spencer does get the decision over Roman, again, I, I don't know that at the end of the day that you feel overly confident about that if you're Iowa, right? Like, I mean, it's a, it's a high risk uh, mm -hmm. to me uh, for very little reward at the end of the day. So I don't, I think there's virtually no chance of, of that happening. Uh, now it would be one thing if they really, you know, they're looking at the matchup and it's like, oh, we know Spencer can take Roman uh no matter what what he weighs in at but with roman's quickness i again and spencer obviously he's been looking great but he is coming off you know mm -hmm. less uh, well i guess a little over a year ago now uh the yeah. two knee surgeries that's a a pretty tall task so uh again i I think there's virtually no chance of it. It would be fun to see a Spencer Lee, Roman Bravo, Young. I mean, that would be a, a heck of a lot of fun for the fans. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that's happening. And I think, you know, Lee, obviously you're expecting if you're Iowa to get six points there at 125. And listen, I think if you're Iowa, you're you're going into this thinking Teske's going to keep this to a decision uh, with Roman. So, uh, you know, I think the Hawkeyes go in thinking they're going to be up 6-3 after those first two bouts. And again, I think best case scenario, uh, flipping it around is you're up eight, nothing. I just don't know that at the end of the day, because uh, I think there's also a significant risk that, you know, you're only up five, three instead mm -hmm. of the six, three as it is. So um, I, I, that's just, again, I think the way most uh, coaches and, and I was coaches will be looking at it.
Yeah, it's kind of, uh, can Gary Steen hold his own for Penn State and then can Brody Teske for Iowa hold his own? I think that's really what the debate is. It's not a matter of what can Spencer Lee and Roman Bravo Young do, but those other guys who are serious underdogs in this one, uh, can they carry their water? Uh, yeah. essentially? So so this is the lineup that's projected. Spencer Lee and Gary Steen at 125, uh, 133, Roman Bravo Young and Bro, uh, Brody Teske. We know that, but this is where it gets really interesting. Okay. <laughs> 133, number one, uh, 144, number four, Bo Bartlett against number two, Real Woods of Iowa. Then at 149, number 14, Shane Van Ness against number seven, Max Murin. At uh, 157, these rankings a little outdated here, but uh, number 17, Levi Haynes against number 21, Kobe Seabrick. Uh, number 165, number 10, Patrick Kennedy of Iowa against number 16, Alex Facundo. 174, number one, Carter Starachi against number 16, Nelson Brands. At 184, number one, Aaron Brooks against number eight, Ava Saad. Uh, 197, uh, number nine, Jacob Warner of Iowa against number four, Max Dean. And the heavyweight, number two, Greg Kirkfleet against number three, Tony Cassiope. So uh, Kirkfleet does not get a week off here <laughs> with who he's uh, wrestling. Uh, really wow. a preview of what's to come. So all of, out of all those matchups, I got to imagine 141 is kind of the most enticing here. At least it is to me because I feel like that is a serious turning point for either team, depending on the result. Yeah, I, I feel like there's really the, – those four in a row there, to me, from 141 through 165 are, are all, all really toss -ups. intriguing. Uh, and, yeah, Woods has been uh, – I had a chance to watch him against Nebraska, and that's really the first time I've seen him uh, this season in, you know, in an Iowa uniform, the, the transfer from uh, Stanford. And I'm really impressed with the, the difference – and I mean, he was very good at Stanford. I don't mean to, to slight uh, what he had already accomplished, but man, he has taken another leap uh, in terms of the, the level of wrestling that he's competing at. I, I was really impressed with him. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be the first, you know, really big test for Bo Bartlett this entire season. So uh, I do think that is a, a fascinating matchup. I think it's a, a contrast of styles uh, between the two and um, yeah, I, I can hardly wait to, to see that one. I think it, it could help set the tone, but then again, no matter who wins that you turn around and then 149, I, I think Penn state feels like Shane Van Ness should be right there with Max Muren. I, I know I would mm -hmm. think Muren should win that one. Um, but that feels to me, I like all four of these feel like, like really toss up bouts that truly could go either way. I, I think it's going to be who's on, you know, who, who is willing to go for it uh, when the, the pressure is there. I think all of those bouts are going to come down to third period um, and maybe, you know, extra wrestling. And, and again, it's going to be one mistake or one, you know, really good shot. Uh, I think that's going to win each of those, uh, you know, and much the same thing at 157, no matter who Penn State puts out there, I think that's, again, a really intriguing bout. Uh, Seabrecht has been uh, really solid this year uh, for Iowa. And then, you know, Kennedy, Patrick Kennedy has, uh, he beat Facundo in that who's number one. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think it was 2019. Uh, I might be off. It might have been 2020, but the, the who's number one that uh, they have for high school. And, uh, and uh, Kennedy beat him. I think it was 5-2, but he, he had two really good takedowns, really good finishes against Facundo. And so, um, 
you know, Kennedy knows that he can beat Facundo. Now, I think Alex is uh, on a different level, but Kennedy's yeah. obviously been really good this year for Iowa as well. And I think, you know, the potential is there for those two to be meeting uh, many times over the course of their collegiate careers. So I, I think those four bouts, uh, to me, Zach, are all just really intriguing and really fascinating. And I, I don't think uh, – I think either – teams fans could go into this match thinking that they can run the table there. And I don't think it's unrealistic. I mean, I think, uh, if Iowa gets on a roll, yeah, I can see them winning all four of those bouts. Uh, and certainly with the way Penn state's kids have been wrestling and, and the freshmen in particular. Yeah. I can see a, a scenario where Penn state, uh, wins all four. I think it's more likely, uh, that the teams either split or, you know, if one team can take three of four there, I think it puts them in, in very good shape uh, to win the dual meet here on Friday night. I think that's the story of it, you know, which side can surprise in those toss-up matches. And, and, and there's quite a few of them, not unlike the Michigan one where we sat here and said, okay, this is a Penn State decision. Uh, maybe they get some bonus points in these uh, these spots, but we felt pretty confident that Penn State was going to get a win at these weights. Nevertheless, I, I can see these going either way, and I don't think it's going to be a 4-0 sweep. Um, I, I even think 197 is going to be is going to be a close one, and then you have two and three at the heavyweight. So uh, could it come down to 197 and heavyweight? Uh, are we going to get to that point where it's going to be riding on Max Dean uh, and Greg Kirkfleet instead of them taking a victory lap? Uh, they got, they have some uh, serious responsibility to close it out in the Bryce Jordan center. Yeah, I, there's, there's no question. It, it could very well come down there. And, you know, again, Iowa is uh, figuring on three bonus points uh, from Lee at mm -hmm. 125 or two at the very least. Uh, and I think, you know, for Penn State, you know, one of the questions is, can Carter Starachi get bonus points at 174 uh, against Nelson Brands? And, and can you get uh, bonus points from Aaron Brooks against Dave Assad? And, and, you know, if Penn State can get bonus points there or somewhere else along the way, I mean, maybe Roman Bravo Young can, uh, yeah. you know, pick up a, a bonus point against uh, Brody Teske. But, at, you know, bonus points, I think, can, could come into play here, uh, depending on how, how those four bouts uh, play out from 141 to 165 that that could be a big factor and I agree with you Zach I, 197 and heavyweight to me uh, again I, I think Iowa goes in thinking it's going to win both of those I mean I, I think they really believe that their kids are, are not just capable but should win those two bouts and I know Penn State's coaches are feeling <laughs> Penn State should win those two bouts um, so you know to me there's I really do. I think those six are, are kind of toss-up bouts, and I think each each team and, and the kids on their teams would tell you, no, we think we should win that. Uh, but I, I think you have, again, six that, that could really go either way. I think Penn State is uh, is obviously a solid favorite at 33 and, and a prohibitive favorite at 74 and 84, and obviously I was an overwhelming favorite at 125. But I, I think the other bouts uh, – are all going to be very close and I, I don't think it would be terribly shocking to see them go either way. And I think that's, what's going to make for just a, a really fun night. I think one of these teams uh, could, could get on a roll. I mean, again, I do, I think Penn state is uh, capable of, of having a score similar to what it had against Michigan. Yeah. If everything breaks mm -hmm. their way and they win all of the close ones and, and listen, they won four overtime matches this past weekend. So they've been winning those close ones. Uh, but 
anytime you know you're in those one move matches you're one move away from losing and yeah could i see iowa winning uh fairly comfortably in the dual meet yeah if they if they sweep those six and spencer gets the pin yeah it could be a huge night for the hawkeyes you know i think the most likely scenario is you know of those six uh i think penn state probably wins at least uh three of them and i think that puts the the nittany lions in pretty good shape to win the dual meet but it's going to be a, a heck of a lot of fun, and I think all of these bouts uh, just have a, a lot of intrigue uh, with them because you don't know what's going to happen. And um, and listen, we've seen over the years, you know, you, while we know this bout's going to be close, and then all of a sudden somebody gets a pin, you get that one big move, and you know you, you're counting on three points there, and all of a sudden you gave up six or vice versa. Uh, and that's certainly part of wrestling as well is, is you get those unexpected points uh, somewhere along the way as well. And, and that can change the entire complexion uh, of a dual meet in particular as well. So I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I really think there's a very good chance, Zach, that uh, they, they do set uh, yet again here at Penn State an, an indoor uh, attendance record. I, I think there's a, a very good chance that they'll get uh, – a good bit over 16,000 here uh, with all of the interest in this dual meet. And, uh, and I do think the crowd is going to be uh, revved up an eight thirty start gives them a little extra chance to uh, get hydrated <clears throat> for the uh, dual. And I think it should be a lot of fun here on Friday night. In the Bryce Jordan Center uh, on the campus of Penn State University, University Park. Be there if you can. I know tickets are they're sold out, but they're available uh, if you can make it. It's must watch and must listen. Uh, if you've made it this far through the show, uh, this is an important plug. You can listen to Jeff Ironhead Byers, the voice of Penn State Wrestling. If I highly encourage you, if you can't go to watch it and then sync his call, uh, with the match itself, and I know that it's going to be on the Big Ten Network uh, and then have your call underneath of it. That's the way that I've watched them when I can't make it to a match. Uh, so, But, Jeff, uh, it's going to be on GoPSU Sports. Uh, it's also going to be on 103.7 and 104.3 locally on the in-town radio. I know that. And your call starts at 8.10 p.m. Eastern time to, to preview it once again, uh, as we did here show on, on this show. So thanks so much again, Jeff, for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the brand new show, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. That is Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for checking out this episode. And thanks so much if you have already subscribed to the YouTube channel, helping us get over 800 subscribers for Locked on Nittany Lions. If you haven't already, please do hit the subscribe button and like all your favorite shows and episodes and leave some feedback, any questions you want in the comments section. More content is set to come about Penn State football, men's basketball, and wrestling. As men's basketball and wrestling are in the heat of the season and Penn State has the building blocks around them for uh, a very fun 2023. And it'll all be right here on Locked on Nittany Lions.